The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston Podcast. I say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what else do I usually say? All the ships at sea, little kids, big kids, <laughs> tweens, teens, tweens, I don't know, um, and lovers, muggers, and thieves. If you know, if you're from Boston, you know what that means. Welcome to the show. If you like this pod, I encourage you always to share it with a friend or a colleague or an enemy who you want to uh, bore to death or something. I don't know. Um, before we get going, and by the way, is your home ugly? Is someone calling your home ugly? Are you wondering why a billboard keeps telling you your home is ugly and it's really bothering you? If you live in Massachusetts, you've undoubtedly seen the billboards around town that says, we buy ugly houses, and I've got the ugly houses, guys here today and that's your teaser and uh strangely they're not ugly themselves they're actually quite handsome looking (laughs) (laughs) um before we get going i want to tell you about our sponsor the u.s postal service second largest employer in the united states offering paid training and ways to move up apply today usps.com slash careers u.s postal service deliver for the nation i also want to give a shout out to our friends at adori that is a podcast player go to the app store kids if you like bells and whistles and such the Adori podcast player is super user-friendly. Your podcast will come alive. You'll see images right on your phone come up. You could see Aaron and Mike right now, if you're watching on the Adori app, the ugly houses, guys. And then you can judge for yourself how handsome they are. Okay, I'm going to stop calling you guys handsome. Because, yeah, uh, it's getting I mean, a little I, creepy. I don't want it to go I, right to your head. Oh, not that it's not there's anything wrong. No, and by the way, that mellifluous voice you hear <laughs> is my colleague and co-host and sidekick for the day, Carrie Tabaski is here. Thank you for being here, Carrie. Yeah, well, my kids are enough. all grown up. Yeah. Oh, I gave you the wrong sound sting. You like the kids cheering. Let's see if I have that. There it is. Hold on. Yeah. Yay. Okay. All my kids. Those are all your kids. Do they listen to the podcast? Uh, no. No. Okay. Well, actually, no, that's not true. My oldest does. We'll work on that. Would you please? Yes. Be a company well, man. My 11 year old might not. As I said, so. we buy, we buy ugly houses. Our guests, our guests are horrified and they just left. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Aaron Katz and Mike, Mike, I'm going to struggle a little bit with your last name, but let me go for it. Mike Falatico. Pretty close. Falatico. Fal- Damn it. Not really that close at all. Mike and Aaron here from <laughs> We Buy uh, Ugly Houses. Thank you for being here, guys. This is, this is the part where you say, hello, it's so nice to be here, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank, Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> we are very happy to be here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate Much better. Much better. We're having so, too much fun already. Yeah, well, we are. This is, podcasting is fun. And by we the just, way... We just didn't want to interrupt you. That's... <laughs> Well, you got to talk. It's a podcast for crying out loud. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get you there. They got some cool stuff to tell us about. And right off the bat, I'll tell you, webyuglyhouses.com slash Boston is where you go for more information about what these guys do. And we're going to get into it. Um, I forgot to mention we produce this podcast at our Pod 617 studios in Westwood. If you want your own podcast, podcast go to pod617.com and check it out. You could be the next podcast star. Right, Carrie? Right, Carrie? Right, right. 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 Best totally. sidekick in the business. All right. So um, you, asked, you asked a question. I responded. I know. Right. Okay. Give her a check mark for that. Um, so where's my. Okay. Good. Ooh, that's rather shrill, isn't it? All right. So uh, 
Aaron, let's start with you. Um, you were telling us some of the history of this thing. So people, I think people want to know right off the top. And you, when we started talking off the off uh, broadcast, we you were mentioning the that it's it's an unusual story, or it's an unusual when you drive down. I see it on the expressway, I think. It's probably everywhere, the billboard, but we buy uglyhouses.com. It's eye-catching, and people always want to know, well, geez, my house isn't ugly. I guess if it ever gets ugly, maybe I'll call you guys. But give us a little bit of the background and kind of what you guys are all about. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So we were founded in 1996 in Dallas, Texas. A um, gentleman named Ken D'Angelo uh, started. He was a real estate broker in the Dallas area, and uh Started with our billboard down there a uh, long 23 years ago that said, we buy ugly houses, and it quickly caught on. Uh, we started expanding around the Texas and Florida and Georgia areas, and it was in 2006 when I bumped into a We Buy Ugly Houses booth at a trade show, and I thought it was interesting. I had been investing in real estate for several years prior to that. Um, my college roommate and I became business partners in 2001, right when we got out of college and started buying properties around the Boston area. and fixing them up and getting into condo conversions. And we had some rental properties. So we wanted to do this full time. And uh, go ahead. And and no, less less people are confused already. I don't want to keep everybody in suspense. What you do in a nutshell is you buy distressed homes or people who are having some issue with their home and they kind of don't know where to turn. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. We help people out of sticky situations. So we don't just buy ugly houses. That's the the one thing people people call us a lot and they send us, we send out a lot of mail, we do a lot of advertising and people always say, my house isn't ugly and we don't just. <laughs> yeah. You said, you were saying before we started the podcast, you've actually gotten people sending some mail back saying, my yeah. house is not ugly, like yeah. taking total offense to it. We get a lot of people that will call in and actually just, you know, get into <laughs> your market. I had a call recently and the, and the woman called in and it was hysterical because we have an answering service if we're not in the office. And uh, the voice recording was this woman going on for 20 minutes about how we should consult our marketing department. Ugly is crazy. <laughs> our houses aren't ugly. Why are you marketing it that way? That caveman is atrocious. Everybody wants oh to redesign it. But it's like you kind of laugh about it because yeah. at the end of the day, since 96, we bought over 100,000 houses. So That's something's amazing. working. You were telling, Aaron, you were telling me before about originally the, the ugly wasn't in there. It, I'm going back to the inception of the company. Yeah. Red, tell me, tell me that little tale. Yeah. So when, when Ken D'Angelo put up his first billboard, it said, we buy houses. And uh, he thought that was a good idea to do because he was, as a real estate broker, he was helping people. He started buying some houses because he would go on listing appointments and people would um, ask him to buy their house because it needed a lot of work. So he said, this flipping thing or this real estate investing thing seems to be better than than just listing these homes. I want to do that. So he put up billboards that said, we buy houses. And he realized the people that were calling him were the wrong customers. He, his phone was ringing off the hook with people who were calling him to uh, list their house. And what he wanted was those homes that were maybe distressed or somebody's in a distressed situation. So that was where the ugly was born. And, and although he got a lot of advice not to use the word ugly on a billboard, and a lot of people kind of looked at him like he was crazy, it worked. It took off quickly. And uh, so that is the biggest misconception is that we don't just buy ugly houses, but we help people out of ugly situations. And uh, we've been Oh, that's buying. a good way of looking at it. Yeah, it really is. It's ugly situations. And we've got a lot of, we've bought a lot of houses around the Boston area that are beautiful homes and, and don't need any work at all or, or may not need a lot of work, but the homeowner might be facing divorce or um, maybe having trouble with their mortgage and they need to sell or there's something they can't deal with and maybe they might not get through a home inspection, but it could be other things too and they just need to sell the house and maybe the traditional real estate market isn't the best fit for them. And we certainly buy ugly ones too, uh, but it's not just ugly houses, it's ugly situations. So. 
Mike, you had some more color on that? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, to his point, we had a house um, not that long ago, and it, it was in Watertown, and a doctor had called us, and he said, you know, I've got it's a two-family, and quite frankly, I'm just tired of being a landlord. He goes, I'm in Watertown. I could sell this thing in a minute, but he goes, I don't want to bother with it. It's just, it's a hassle. Then the tenants, you know, aren't letting people in or whatever the situation is. And we gave him a fair price. And he said, you know what, to not have to think about it, I'll just take it and move on. Wow. And uh, it was just easy for him. Is his thinking that he could have put it on the market and done better, but the, the convenience uh, value was there for him to such a degree that it's like, I'm just going to Write the check now. Yeah, hundred percent. Accept the check now. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, we find that the the folks that are working with home investors generally there's a compelling emotional reason. It's never desperation. That's probably the biggest misnomer. And also, people think we buy houses that somebody might be underwater, meaning they owe far more than the house is worth. I was going to ask that. Or just bank owns. Um, that is a little part of what we do, but the lion's share is just working with people that have a situation where they don't want to go to market, they don't want to deal with it, whether it's personal, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, some people are just private. We've had some that say, you know, I don't want someone coming in telling me they don't like my house or, you know, my grandfather built this house. So it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, we come in very non-judgmental. We're wearing our home investors shirts so they know who we are and we sit down and talk with them and try to understand what we can do to design a solution that may be right for them. And there, know, including, no, yeah, go ahead. There's no pressure. So it's, there's no charge for our consultation or anything like that. We'll come out and meet with anybody who wants to see us and we meet with them in their home. We'll spend as much time as we need to, to understand their situation. And if we can help and if we're the right fit, then we'll make an offer. If it makes sense to do that. There's a lot of homes we go see where we don't even make an offer because it doesn't make sense to. Um, it'll be up to the customer to decide if that makes sense or not. Once we sit down and have a conversation and figure out if we're a good fit for each other or not. So a lot of homes we go see, we don't end up offering on because it just, it's not a good fit. Yeah. Do you go through, go ahead, do you go through the the traditional like purchase and sale and, and closing um, process? And what a lot of people, what a lot of people like about us is that we take care of all that for them. Uh, The traditional route would mean hiring an attorney and, you know, getting a broker. There's a lot of costs associated with that sort of stuff. Our company takes care of everything for them. Some people like to hire an attorney. Some of our customers like to hire an attorney anyway, which is fine. We'll certainly work with their attorney if they have one, but our team will take care of everything. And we have an attorney on our side too, that will take care of everything for them, including the purchase and sale, including everything it takes from the point of contract to closing to get it done very easily. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of little things too, like smoke detector inspections, final water bills, all those little things we take care of for them so they don't have to deal with anything. Is there an inspection? Not on our case. No, not not with us. I figured. Not with home investors. So we What's nice about our company is that we've been doing this for 23 years now. We've got 1,200 offices around the country in 175 markets. We've got a really good system in place to make sure that the offer we make, we can stand behind. Yeah. We, if you were to check us out in the Better Business Bureau or something like that, you'd find we've got a great track record there. Uh, and that's because we've, and we've, we bought more houses than anybody. And nobody complains about, our, about anything. We, we, we don't make an offer and then take it back or anything like that. Sure. Because we're trained. We, you can't even open your office until you've been to the corporate office for a full week of systems and standards training. Mm. We meet multi, multiple times per year to do additional training and additional training to make sure that when we make an offer, we can stand behind it. Because people in our business are notorious for making an offer and then pulling it out later because they missed something and that kind of thing. So we're really, really big on doing what we say we're going to do. 
when you put when you put it this way, it sounds like an offer I can't refuse. If I'm I'm not a home buyer at the moment, but I will be in the future. Um, oh, but, you will. Should well, we I've, talk about I've that? Owned, I've owned. <laughs> I want to hear about that. We can sell you a franchise while you're. Oh wow! Oh. Hey, let's let's talk. What the hell, right? Um, I you know I I have owned three homes, so I've sold three homes, and it's it's never a perfect process. That it's anxiety ridden. I mean, did anybody else besides me bury a statue of St. Joseph in the backyard to get now? Everybody's looking at me with... A couple of pets, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, story for another day, maybe. But no, that's that's a thing. You guys, I can't believe you guys never heard that St. Joseph. No, No. yeah, you go you go down to the little religious store, whatever they're called. I don't know. I'm just a bad Jew myself, but (laughs) but but I'm a good Jew. No, no, I'm telling you, you look this up. You you go. It's a it's a. I mean, it's a superstition, but it worked. I mean, our our house sold each time you buy a little statue of St. Joseph. You go back. I have pictures of my kids digging a hole they weren't working very hard but but we got the statue in there and the house sells yeah i'm they telling you his first ex-wife yeah. <laughs> well, hey hey were you like dig, keep digging Don't yes stop. dig kids we need to sell this house anyway the point was that you know it's <laughs> a ha- it, it's it's a hassle to to figure out what price you're going to sell at you know our instinct was out was was always to shoot a little higher and then to just get disappointed along the way when you weren't getting offers that's inevitably what happened with us um all, what i'm getting at here is do, do you handle do you buy homes from people who are just really just like that like there's nothing wrong with my home but i really just don't want to deal with any of the, the the nonsense yeah i'm glad don't let saint joseph out of the bag it might put us out of business <laughs> <laughs> right all the realtors are going to start ordering them online yeah right <laughs> right right uh no we'll it's uh it's very interesting we'll find that we're we'll buy from people that have what we call failed real estate attempts the house has been on the market and like you said some people there because of the emotional side they start overpricing it or you get you know in our line of work in real estate you, you'll find that it's probably one of the only ones where you can be a part-time uh, employee, part-time agent. And some of these people don't really have much experience. Um, they don't really teach you how to learn. And, uh, mm-hmm. so when you're, when you're an agent, if you're helping somebody out and you've got it priced incorrectly, you're not doing systems right. And sometimes just the market or the house doesn't bear to it. Um, they end up calling us and we'll help them out. You know, we'll give them a care, fair cash offer and kind of eliminate that whole other process. Mm-hmm. Do you find that in certain markets where, you know, there's, the real estate market is a buyer's market or a seller's market that you're doing, that your business is reflective of that? Good question. It, it just changes. It's different. So when I, I opened my office in January of 2007, when I actually opened my doors and the market was just on its way down, right? And uh, I was still kind of new at this myself and I had spent you know any money I had to buy this franchise and get my business started. And so I was really nervous and the market was going down quickly. It just changes. So our company's been in growth mode ever since 1996 when we started franchising. So I wouldn't say that it becomes harder to buy houses. It's just different. The customer mm-hmm. at that time from say 2007 to 2012 or so, it was folks that maybe didn't have much equity in their house because they had lost it all. Um, and so those are going to be different types of situations that we can help with. And then now it's a little different. The markets come up a lot and you've got a lot more folks with equity in their home and they have more options. And so we're not the right fit for everybody that might want to put it on the market and go through that. Um, but there's a lot more of those situations. So we, we buy just as many houses today as we did in 2008. Um, 
it's just a little different, but our company has been growing ever since. And you still find that no matter what's going on in the traditional real estate market, that will impact us a little bit. Meaning that if the market's softer, people don't want to go, we may get more of those phone calls, but the constant is there's always somebody that has a home that they just don't want to deal with. You know, I actually had a funny situation not that long ago. Uh, I'm a neighbor of mine. He's an executive at one of the big Boston firms. He called me up and he said, you know, Mike, I don't know what to do. When it comes to my profession, I know everything. But when it comes to real estate, I have no idea. My father passed away. My sister and I inherited this house. And it's 45 minutes away. I'm tired of driving up there. Dad was a collector. You know, since 1935, you know, he was a Great Depression kid. Um, He's just been collecting stuff. And he goes, I go into the house right now, and I don't even know where to begin. Yep. So he goes, what can, what can you do to help me out? And no different than any other customer. We evaluated the home and the circumstances and what they had to do and basically gave him a, a fair cash offer. And we took care of the whole thing and basically called him the day before the closing and said, show up tomorrow with an, with an ID and we'll give you, give you a check. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So super easy. And um, that's always a constant. You're always going to have people yeah. that have a home that they just don't want to deal with. So can I add on to that? Sorry, David. No, no. go ahead. So, um, there, like, I know that my mom's in real estate. I know that there have been times where there's a house where it's- Gee, Carrie, is your mom in real estate? Yeah. You never mentioned that. But I'm not promoting. So um, I haven't said her name. <laughs> so, but- um, Carol there, Daniels. I'm just, no, I'm She's just- the best. I'm looking at what I, what I know. <laughs> Sorry. It ain't much. This won't take um, long. Go ahead. But anyway, so- she's selling a house and it's been left just filled with stuff and they like to get someone to come in and clean it out. I mean, they were basically hoarders. Um, and so that is a huge, is that something that you do is to get oh. rid of contents inside the house? Cause that could take days and weeks. And I, I love the, I love the ones where there's like meat. There's like a fridge full of like meat. <laughs> No, it gets really gross on that show, doesn't it? I'm sorry. Tell us about uh, you, you what we deal with. You should see some of the houses that we deal really? with when we go in after. Yeah, like some of them are just like you're saying. You're yep. joking around about it, but they leave everything. Yeah. everything behind. We bought a house not that long ago. And when we went in after the closing to kind of assess it, bring our contractor through, um, he literally looked at me and he said, did, th- did they sell the house to you? And I said, yeah. I said, why? He goes, because it doesn't look like they took a thing. Mm. They literally they packed I up a suitcase and just <laughs> left everything else behind. It was it was crazy. The Did they said, sneak off into the night? I think they may have. I was wondering if there might have been uh, you know a warrant out or right, something or like a witness protection situation. Yeah, we bought one in Sudbury once. I went out on the call myself. Oh, it that's was where I live. a Shout yeah beautiful beautiful town. That was the first the first house I ever bought was in Sudbury, you and this never wasn't said the, that when she wasn't here. <laughs> Um, and I, we, we got to the appointment, the customer, it was a lady, she was probably, um, she was an elderly woman and she had a bag of tools in her hand when I got there and she handed me, she just went to like the true value hardware store and she handed me the tools. And I said, when I got to the house and I said, well, what, you know, what, what would you like me to do with these? And she said, you're going to need these to get inside. Oh said, man. Yeah. Oh boy. She said, I tried, crowbar. She, she had already tried herself to get inside the house and couldn't get in. So she said, you're going to need these. It was a whole bag of brand new tools, had the receipt in the bag and everything. So I handed her the bag back and I said, you could take the, uh, you can, you can take the tools back, but thank you so much. I said, so what can we do to help you? And, uh, we ended up having to climb in the window. We put a ladder up to the house. We ended up having to climb in a window and drop down on stuff that was, we couldn't open the front door. Hi everybody. I'm Chami Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston podcast network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston podcast network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, 
business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. So uh, coming up in the podcast, well, it's Halloween. So I think I'm going to ask the buy ugly houses guys if they're willing to buy a haunted house and we'll we'll so stay tuned for that they're unprepared for this question no but in seriousness folks uh we'll hear some more stories from the dudes from buy ugly houses and i will unlock the mystery of saint joseph since and educate the people in the room that have never heard of this great but, tradition that works every time what, but before th- we do the, the three jews in the room the, like yeah that's we're hey <laughs> including what, you by any means <laughs> necessary <laughs> by any means necessary <laughs> okay. but before we do all that i just want to tell you about the u.s postal service second largest employer in the nation offering pay training ways to move up apply today usps.com slash careers From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers. So its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com slash careers, and it's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential, no matter how ugly their home may be. That's right. Apply today. Website, once again, usps.com slash careers. The United States Postal, Postal Service almost made it through the whole read without flubbing. United States Postal Service deliver for the nation. So um, that, that why are you laughing? Because every time I, you don't take a breath. You just, I know. which is very impressive. It's a point of pride. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, ironically, it's a talent. Somehow he tied our company into that read too. That was I yes. did. If you're uh, just to see if you're paying attention, I always do that. But it occurred to me that I'm talking as fast as that guy on the old TV commercials. Ironically, those ads were for. Do you remember Federal Express? I think you know the guy that oh, talked about the. Pittsburgh I'm thinking of the people who talk. You know, they the voiceovers for all the side effects for all the the pharmaceutical. Oh, that guy's great too. Yeah, side effects may Just include flatulence, diarrhea, right. okay. um, and all fun stuff. All right, so listen, listen up, kids. Class is in session here. Saint Joseph was in the Catholic tradition the patron patron saint of workers and fathers, among and other things. Among other things, but well, you got to read it kind of liberally. The legend of Saint Joseph's real estate prowess has earned him everything from uh, well, dozens of anecdotes across the internet. As um, well, let's see. This article I'm reading is is citing uh, the Snopes website, which is great. The Urban Legends reference reference pages. Snopes notes: No one knows exactly when the custom of using Saint Joseph statue to help sell a home became popular, but it seems to have reached widespread use in the U.S. Maybe not in this room, but around 1990, with real, realtors buying plastic saint statues by the gross. 
So, um, and then this goes on to, we don't know exactly why, but this article outlines uh, the instructions for doing this to put uh, whatever the opposite of a curse is, to put a blessing on your house. You bury St. Joseph in the yard. That's step one. Number two, you say a prayer to St. Joseph. And then number three, boom, you get an offer on your house. It's that simple, people. L'chaim. L'chaim. Right. I like stuff and like number that. number four, the offer falls apart because of home inspection. And number five, you call right. We Buy Ugly Houses. Well, that's a really good point because <laughs> the tie some people go. are afraid of the home inspection. You know, they, they sell their house and then they're like, oh God, or, or it falls apart because of the home inspection. So um, if people know that they're not going to pass, like what if they know they're not going to pass septic? The well, septic is probably the biggest thing with, when it comes yeah. to repairs. Because sure. that's this like state, a $25,000, $30,000. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and and that happens all the time. We get a lot of calls where people, their home, they have a cesspool from the early 1900s or whatever. It's original to the house, and they don't want to deal with trying to get a Title V inspection to pass. So they call us, and we will buy it as is and then deal with the septic after we buy it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you might as well answer the question, will you, will you buy a haunted house? Michael? Michael will. I, Have I, you? I, Have I just you? I let Michael deal with those. I, I mean, not that I know. Of, <laughs> of course, I answer. I got to be careful because of disclosures. If I ever sold a house that was haunted and I didn't say that it was haunted, it might be there's a, a problem. whole thing there. But yeah, no, we did. I, Is um, that actually true? Is that true? No. There's only uh, Mike and things. I. Are, yeah, I mean. The state says if you have a real estate license and somebody asks you a question about that sort of a situation, you have to answer whatever you know. Um, but if it's if you believe the house is haunted and somebody doesn't ask, you know. We you certainly bought. Have, I mean, we've bought homes that have been murder scenes and things like that. Okay, uh, yeah, not to get too macabre here, but it is Halloween season. Um, <laughs> is it true that I saw this on a TV show, it's American Horror Story? So it must be true. The the murder house uh, series. Um, the real estate agent said that they need to disclose if there's been a death in the home within the past three years. Is that a thing, or does anybody know? Every state has different okay. has different regulations. I think in Mass we don't have to disclose death. I think it's literally if it's just haunted. Murder. Or there's uh, one there's one thing that you have to disclose if you know. You have to disclose. A, you have to answer a question if somebody asks you a question. Yeah. You have to answer what you know for sure. Like, are you a police officer? <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but, Mike, were you saying there is one? I, I, yeah, unfortunately, I have to pull the book out because I don't remember. There's oh, one okay. you're supposed to disclose whether or not they ask, but otherwise, if somebody asks you and you know about it, you have to disclose. Okay. It. So, but I got to add something in that too because mm -hmm. it's important. I think if you were coming into, or if I was coming in to buy a house that somebody had renovated and redone, and something like that had happened there, I would want to know about that, right? Absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's good practice. I think our home investors' offices are always going to disclose anything that that somebody would want to know about, whether yeah. it's a law or not. I mean, we joke. I think most. Most people probably don't believe in haunted houses per se, but that doesn't mean you won't get a very creepy feeling if you walk through a house where you know there's been a murder, God forbid, or, or even, you know, the, you know, some poor old woman died in the shower or something like that. You know? we, had, we had one where, know, where right? the guy fell out of the bathroom, out of the shower onto the floor, and right. he had a heart attack and died. He was uh, kind of a recluse, lived there by himself, mm. and the family was trying to get a hold of him, and they went to the house like two weeks later, and he was basically gone, I mean, on the floor. And mm. when you walked into the house, it didn't smell very good. Mm. And yeah. even after we bought it, it still didn't smell very good. And you yeah. could see. I mean, they had to do a, a specific remediation for for the body and like a biohazard. Well, they that, do. They have to like cut the drywall, remove the flooring. Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty gross. That happened to me once. And I lived in an apartment back in the nineties and the, we started smelling something like literally across the aisle, the, whatever the hallway, you know, uh, and there had been this little old man that we've seen saw high to now and again. And yeah, unfortunately he had passed away. 
Um, he he had lived. Uh, this is taking a turn for the dark, <laughs> but um, it did smell really bad. It smelled like death. You might say. You know, I found an article. About, you did. Yeah. Um, Good for about something. disclosing murder, suicide, or haunted homes. Okay. In real estate. Yes. In Massachusetts. In right. Um, and it says that a realtor is not required to disclose these kinds of events in a property. Well, you could. But you have to answer. Thank you, have to thank, answer you, the thank you, research yeah. department. <laughs> right, but you have to answer the question. Um, many states require full disclosure of violent yeah. crimes such as murder, but not in Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you should, yeah, so I didn't read that. I mean, that people can ask, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, as, and, wa- yeah. and and like not water, like flooding. Any um, defects to the home yeah. that you know about, you have to. A broker must disclose. Yeah. And just to be clear, Homevestors is not real estate brokers. We're we're home buyers. Yeah, but we sell so many houses that we have a lot of experience in this area because right. we buy and sell so many houses. But we always disclose anything we know about the house because it's just good practice to do. But I think the law doesn't require a seller to disclose a death or something as you just found. Correct. Yeah. But anything you know about the house, any sort of defect, if there was water in the past or something like that, um, the, those things always have to be disclosed. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, and that's you know, it's a big issue because a lot of these houses, they're family homes that we're looking at. You know, people are calling us and they've been there for three or four generations and they've gone through the floods or, you know, whatever's going on, the asbestos on the pipes, et cetera. And, you know, you were talking before, Carrie, about like the home inspection's gone wrong. We see it all the time, you know, where they'll, we get the phone call because the houses just need mm-hmm. so many things. And again, you're dealing with asbestos or we had a house that we bought, for example, and, and um, before this, Aaron and I were chatting a little bit about funny stories and because people are reality TV glamorizes what we do, right? They think that every oh, yeah, house is just time. this pot of gold and we yep. drive Ferraris. I mean, right. we, I have a, well, Mike drives a Ferrari. Yeah, it's a, I'm it's still a, driving my first Jeep that I bought 20 years ago, but. car. That's all I have. Um, so they glamorize and they think everything that we do is, you know, for profit and huge money and all this. And we were talking about some of the big hits we've had. We bought a house that, uh, it had this really shiny looking insulation in the attic. Nobody knew what it was. And it's actually a thing. It's called vermiculite. Mm. And it's actually um, really, really expensive to remediate. We bought this small house. It was a little ranch. It was about a thousand square feet. And to get rid of the vermiculite insulation in the attic, because it's asbestos, was ten thousand dollars. Well, vermiculite is uh, a it's form a, of it's asbestos. a form of, ins- of okay. insulation that they so used dangerous. a long t- a long time ago, and it contained um, asbestos in it. Mm. And uh, there was a big thing That's... about it. You, you you're on the computer. You can look it up. Yeah, um, I'm sure vermiculite. my my husband is an asbestos attorney, so I'm oh, sure so he I'm knows sure what. he knows. There's yeah. all sorts of plugs for your family yeah, I today. Know, right? <laughs> I'm just we're just yeah vermiculite. It was crazy. So was it one of the first houses we bought, and we didn't really know what it was. And the next thing you knew, we had the asbestos inspection come through, and they were like, oh yeah, big time issue. And so we we get a lot of that stuff, you know. And, and fortunately, we're developers, so it's kind of what we deal with. But you know, you think about we've had people that will sell to us because they're like, I don't know if there's problems with this house, yeah. and I don't want you know tom and jane to come in and buy their first home and their newlyweds and little baby and all of a sudden they have problems and they're going to call me back and say hey we bought this home and we have all these issues you know by the way you heard aaron mention you both these guys mentioned home investors of america so that's your parent company and by the way just to to give out the uh the info here once again it's we buy ugly houses.com slash boston and the phone number 844 buyer that's 844 buyer these guys are not paid sponsors of the Boston podcast, but we like them. So what the hell? Um, it's very. It's, no. I find this whole thing really oh, interesting, so fascinating. Yeah. Wait, so I have a question. So when they so you buy the houses, and then what's the selling process? 
Well, some of the houses we we don't people think we fix every house we buy. I mentioned earlier some of the houses we buy don't need any work, and uh, sometimes we might do a little bit of work to it and resell it. Some of them we keep for rental, and a lot of the ones we buy do need work, and we renovate the houses and then we resell them on the retail market. We usually put them on the on the MLS. Okay. With a, with a real estate broker. Okay. Yeah, that's typically is what that we do. what you meant by selling, or yes. like when we actually yeah no buy I the was house. no I was curious because you talked about you buy the houses, but then what do you do with them? So and what's the we have the rental portfolios. A lot of our franchisees have rental portfolios okay. and things like that too. So a lot of these homes we buy make a lot of sense to keep long term for sure. rental purposes. So we might fix them up and then rent them for an extended period of time and and uh, sell them some point down the road, um, but probably fifty percent, sixty percent of the homes we buy we actually renovate and resell on the retail market. And then there's a portion we may wholesale um, where we might sell them to other investors because we can't do everything. We buy a lot of houses all over Eastern Mass. Our territory, the Boston territory, covers all the way up to the New Hampshire border, all the way down to the Rhode Island border, and all the way down the Cape too. So basically everything east of 495 is in our particular territory. Um, So we're all over the place with with our appointments and our deals and some of them we fix and some we don't. Most of the stuff, you know, we'll cherry pick the ones that are a little bit closer to our office and things like that. If we get something sort of really far away, it might make more sense to sell it as it is or that kind of, you know, to another investor. How do you get rid of that mildew smell in those houses down the Cape? You just can't, can you? It's always there in the cottages. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that charming? <laughs> yes, as <laughs> a matter of fact. That's part of the appeal. A lot of people think it is. Tell me, do you ever turn away a house? Does somebody ever come to you and you say, mm, you can't buy this one? Yeah, it depends on the situation. If if we get into that, first of all, it's got to make sense for both both sides. So not only us, but also the seller. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the seller just has unrealistic expectations about what we're going to do. They think we might just buy the house for four or five percent less than the fair market value because that's the discount. You know, we're they don't have to use an agent, so they'll sell it to us, and you know, it'll work. So that doesn't necessarily work for us. Or sometimes people, you know, they have other ideas as to what we're going to do, or they may even call us just to think that we're going to give them. They take that, you know, let us come out and give you an offer kind of thing to mean let's do an assessment on what the value of your house is. That's not why we're there. We're trying to see if we can find a solution to a problem, an ugly problem or an ugly situation that somebody might have. Um, any other success stories or interesting stories about people that you've helped in maybe unusual ways? Well, where do we start with that yeah, one? We're, I mean, we, yeah. Do you have enough time? Uh, we, bought, <laughs> we bought so many houses over the years and we've pretty, I mean, I think we've seen every situation that you could probably think of. Um, I, I bought one recently, a two family in Revere where this was a woman who was facing foreclosure her husband had passed away and all the money that they had was used to pay for his medical care until he passed. And when he passed, she was left with no money and she couldn't pay the mortgage anymore. And she was living in one of the units and the other unit was occupied by her sister-in-law. Um, and they had been in this home forever and uh, you know didn't have any money and didn't have any sort of resources to go out and move somewhere else or anything like that, but they couldn't pay the mortgage anymore. And the bank was going to foreclose on the house and they were in the process of doing that just a couple of weeks away from an auction at the house. And they were devastated. So they called us and we came out and we were able to make a deal with their bank to stop the auction or postpone the auction to give us enough time to close because we needed a reasonable period of time to get through a title search and that kind of thing. We got through the title search and we bought the house and we let them remain in the house for an extended period of time until we could, until they could find a place to move to. Um, and they couldn't have been happier. And they were able, you know, they were able to get enough money from the sale to be able to move on with and That's things great. like that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I mean, we could go on. Mike's got we just bought one. We just closed on a house recently in Waltham. And, you know, again, sometimes people think we're just in like towns that nobody's looking to buy houses. I mean, we've bought them and uh, Aaron bought one in the South End recently. I've done one in Waltham. I mean, so these towns are really, really hot. In this situation, a gentleman had lost his, uh, he lost his partner about two years ago and the house was kind of starting to fall in disrepair. 
his uh, partner had uh, been a little bit of a collector, like you were saying, a lot of things around the house. And he was kind of overwhelmed with what do I do? And uh, he goes, not only do I have the issue of what do I do and where do I go? He goes, all of the money that we have is in this house. Mm -hmm. So when we bought the house, I actually let him stay in the house for a few days so that he could take his things, transition them over. We actually helped him with finding another place to go. And um, it was just really a win-win situation, something that on the real estate market couldn't have happen. Why do you guys like what you do? Or, we do, help you, or do you? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, okay. for us, it's not even work. It I must mean, be, every day must be totally different. Well, it is. That was going to be my answer, but I like Mike's too, because it's true. I mean, we, Mike and I are able to sleep well at night because we help a lot of people out of difficult situations. Mm -hmm. If you talk to any of our customers, and we've got hundreds of them all over this area, all of them are going to be going to tell you how great it was that we were able to take this problem off their hands. And so it really is nice to be able to help people out of a difficult situation. And it is different every day. Mm -hmm. um, my kids are so interested in what I do, and they always like to come to the office and play around because every time I come home from work, my son says, what did you do today? And it's always a different answer because and it really is. we got so many different things, so many different moving parts to our business. It's just it's a lot of fun. And I like the caveman, by the way. We're looking on the screen at the, the caveman <laughs> mascot. Is there a story behind him? Not necessarily. Just I, You know, it was uh, when the company started franchising in 1996, there was uh, our, our legal, our legal counsel, in-house legal counsel at the corporate office. I believe her son is some sort of an artist or something. He draws or whatever it was. And he drew Ugg. That's, he's known as Ugg. Ugg. The oh, yeah. short for ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I like it. Yeah. That's yeah. Ugg. And uh, so he drew him on a pencil, I think a piece of paper and a pencil he had. And he drew up Ugg and, and it turned into, all of a sudden, Ugg got added to the billboard. And ever, since, ever since then, he's been, now he's 3D and stuff like that. There's actually a oh, real, yeah. there's a real stuffed Ugg. Um, Ooh, you know, there's a, we have a mascot. <laughs> yeah, he makes, so he cool. makes appearances. At, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, there's a dude in an UGG suit that'll come out? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. There's, that's there's, cool. A, there's an UGG that makes his uh, makes appearances. We were in uh, Dallas uh, about a year ago, and he showed up at one of the ballparks and uh, was out there with our CEO, David Hicks, throwing the first pitch out oh, that's and stuff awesome. like that. It's a lot of fun. I love it. And I love how his wardrobe is by Fred Flintstone. Yeah. He's got, he's he got, looks got, like Bigfoot. He's got a little Bigfoot. He's got a little face. Bigfoot in him. He's kind of half <laughs> Bigfoot on his mother's side. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys had fun. Uh, Carrie, did we have fun? I had a great... This is, it's so nice to put faces, you know, and stories behind this um, company because I've seen the billboards and, yeah. you know, think, everyone's I heard of you, but right. it's really nice to hear uh, more of what you're about. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun being here. We appreciate it. And by the way, in case you missed it, it's webuyuglyhouses.com slash Boston. Aaron Katz and Mike Felotico. Did I get it right that there time? There you go. All right. Um, call 1-800-44-BUYER for more info. And guys, thanks for being here. I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, we had a great. lot of fun. Yeah, thanks right. so much for having us. Hopefully My pleasure. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, maybe we'll in increase the subscriber base by a couple. We can get invited back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you bring a stuffed animal UGG next time, yes. we'll pencil you in for another hour. Oh, you bet. We can do that. You Consider it done. <laughs> we can do that. You bet. My thanks uh, to the guys from what We Buy Ugly Houses, and my thanks to our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, um, second largest employer in the nation, usps.com slash careers is where you go and also thanks to our friends at adori download the adori podcast player at the app store please share this podcast if you dig it please subscribe on apple podcast and on behalf of my buddy and colleague carrie tabaski and mike and aaron from weboglyhouses.com my name is dave i'm just a guy from boston but if you're not from boston you must be the other guy enjoy the day everybody you must be the other guy